Chapter 14 of Consuelo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Consuelo by Georges Sand. Chapter 14. In listening to his betrothed, Anzalotto recovered his serenity and his courage. She exercised great influence over him, and each day he discovered in her a firmness and a rectitude which supplied everything that was wanting in himself. I am only afraid, said he, that the Count will find you so superior that he shall judge me unworthy to appear with you before the public. He seemed this evening to have forgotten my very existence. He did not even perceive that in accompanying you, I played well. In fine, when he told you of your engagement, he did not say a word of mine. How is it that you did not remark that? It never entered my head that I should be engaged without you. Does he not know that nothing would persuade me to it? That we are betrothed? That we love each other? Have you not told him all this? I have told him so, but perhaps he thinks that I wish to boast, Consuelo. In that case, I shall boast myself of my love, Anzaletto. I shall tell him so that he cannot doubt it. But you are deceived, my friend. The Count has not thought it necessary to speak of your engagement because it was a settled thing since the day that you sung so well at his house. But not yet ratified, and your engagement, he has told you, will be signed tomorrow. Do you think I shall sign the first? Oh, no! You have done well to put me on my guard. My name shall be written below yours. You swear it? Oh, fie! Do you ask oaths for what you know so well? Truly you do not love me this evening or you would not make me suffer by seeming to imagine that I did not love you. At this thought, Consuelo's eyes filled with tears, and she sat down with a pouting air, which rendered her charming. I am a fool, an ass, thought Anzaletto. How could I for one instant suppose that the Count could triumph over a soul so pure, an affection so full and entire? He is not so inexperienced as not to perceive at a glance that Consuelo is not for him and he would not have been so generous as to offer me a place in his gondola, had he not known that he would have played the part of a fool there. No, no, my lot is well assured, my position unassailable. Let Consuelo please him or not. Let him love, pay court to her. All that can only advance my fortunes, for she will soon learn to obtain what she wishes without incurring any danger. Consuelo will soon be better informed on this head than myself. She is prudent, she is energetic. The pretensions of the dear Count will only turn to my profit and glory. And thus abjuring all his doubts, he cast himself at the feet of his betrothed and gave vent to that passionate enthusiasm which he now experienced for the first time, and which his jealousy had served for some hours to restrain. Oh, my beauty, my saint, my queen, he cried, Excuse me for having thought of myself in place of prostrating myself before you, as I should have done, on finding myself again with you in this chamber. I left it this morning in anger with you. Yes, yes, I should have re-entered it upon my knees. How could you love and smile upon a brute like me? Strike me with your fan, Consuelo. Place your pretty foot upon my neck. You are greater than I am by a hundredfold, and I am your slave forever from this day. I do not deserve these fine speeches, said she, abandoning herself to his transports, and I excuse your doubts because I comprehend them. It was the fear of being separated from me, of seeing our lot divide, which caused you all this unhappiness, 
you have failed in your faith in God, which is much worse than having accused me. But I shall pray for you and say, Lord, forgive as I forgive him. While thus innocently and simply expressing her love, and mingling with it that Spanish feeling of devotion so full of human affection and ingenuous candor, Consuelo was beautiful. Anzaletto gazed on her with rapture. Oh, thou mistress of my soul, he exclaimed in a suffocated voice, be mine forevermore? When you will, tomorrow, said Consuelo with a heavenly smile. Tomorrow? And why tomorrow? You are right. It is now past midnight. We may be married today. When the sun rises, let us seek the priest. We have no friends, and the ceremony need not be long. I have the muslin dress which I have never yet worn. When I made it, dear Anzaletto, I said to myself, perhaps I may not have the money to purchase my wedding dress, and if my friend should soon decide on marrying me, I would be obliged to wear one that I have had on already. That, they say, is unlucky. So, when my mother appeared to me in a dream, to take it from me and lay it past, she knew what she did, poor soul. Therefore, by tomorrow's sun, we shall swear at San Samuel, fidelity forever. Did you wish to satisfy yourself first, wicked one, that I was not ugly? Oh, Consuelo, exclaimed Anzaletto with anguish, you are a child. We could not marry thus, from one day to another, without its being known. The Count and Porpora, whose protection is so necessary to us, would be justly irritated if we took this step without consulting or even informing them. Your old master does not like me too well, and the Count, as I know, does not care much for married singers. We cannot go to San Samuel, where everybody knows us, and where the first old woman we met would make the palace acquainted with it in half an hour. We must keep our union secret. No, Anzaletto, said Consuelo, I cannot consent to so rash, so ill-advised a step. I did not think of the objections you have urged to a public marriage, but if they are well-founded, they apply with equal force to a private and clandestine one. It was not I who spoke first of it, Anzaletto, although I thought more than once that we were old enough to be married. Yet it seemed right to leave the decision to your prudence, and, if I must say it, to your wishes. For I saw very well that you were in no hurry to make me your wife, nor had I any desire to remind you. You have often told me that before settling ourselves, we must think of our future family and secure the needful resources. My mother said the same, and it is only right. Thus, all things considered, it would be too soon. First, our engagement must be signed. Is that not so? Then we must be certain of the goodwill of the public. We can speak of all this after we make our debut. But why do you grow pale, Anzaletto? Why do you wring your hands? Oh, heaven, are we not happy? Does it need an oath to ensure our mutual love and reliance? Oh, Consuelo, how calm you are, how pure, how cold, exclaimed Anzaletto with a sort of despair. Cold, exclaimed the young Spaniard, stupefied and crimson with indignation. God, who reads my heart, knows whether I love you. Very well, retorted Anzaletto angrily. Throw yourself into his bosom, for mine is no safe refuge, and I shall fly lest I become impious. Thus saying, he rushed toward the door, believing that Consuelo, 
who had hitherto never been able to separate from him in any quarrel, however trifling, would hasten to prevent him. And in fact she made an impetuous movement, as if to spring after him, then stopped, saw him go out, ran likewise to the door, and put her hand on the latch in order to call him back. But summoning up all her resolution by a superhuman effort, she fastened the bolt behind him, and then, overcome by the violent struggle she had undergone, she swooned away upon the floor, where she remained motionless till daybreak. End of chapter 14